If you were a kid at one time, there's a question that sometimes is heard. Some of you are still trying to figure this question out. And it's that question, that age-old question, what do you want to do or be when you grow up? This is before, I'm just making sure, this is before our childhood dreams and hopes are crushed and the reality sets in. This is like Christmas morning and then you open the gift and it wasn't what you really wanted. And then you end up thinking, how did my life end up this way? What happened? What do you want to be when you grow up? And there's lots of different ideas and dreams that we have in life. And some are realistic and some are not. I've always wanted to be, to go to Mars, to be one of those people. And the closest I could probably get is I heard this week that they are applying, they're accepting applications to do to join something on Earth here where they pre- you pretend to be at Mars for like a year. So they put you in this tent or this bubble with a bunch of other people, and then it's like a psychological experiment. So that's probably as close as I might get to my dream, or, but I'll, I'll still live vicariously through whatever happens with Mars. But I want to raise a different question. Instead of what do you want to be, there's also a book children's book called Who Do You Want to Be When You Grow Up? And there's another book called Be You. Who do you want to be when you grow up? Because sometimes what do we want to be? We don't even really know that. And you can actually be multiple things. You don't have to limit yourself to one thing. But I think the deeper question is who do we want to be? And a question like that actually opens up the various aims and aspirations that we have in our life for how we hope to see our life unfold. Yet we know life is full of uncertainty and many people, maybe even most people, our lives are not completely like we thought they would be. Life has many ways of derailing those good hopes that maybe we had when we were small especially when we are unintentional. That's the derailing idea that I'm presenting today. That's the negative side, that our decisions that we make, we tend to be derailed when we are unintentional with them. We've been looking at one negative and one positive each week. And when we're unintentional, instead of being prayerful and proactive, about who we want to be and how we want to live as God's people, we end up with good intentions, yet unrealized potential if we merely hope things will work out. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. The good news is that this doesn't have to be this way, that we actually don't need to be unintentional. In fact, the things that you are unintentional in in your life have a way of not working out too well. That's why today's title is called Getting Closer to God. Because as we explore this idea 
this particular area will actually have a drastic impact on who we are and how we decide to live, act, and respond as God's people in the world today. In this series, over the last few weeks, we've been uh, looking and talking about the power of our decisions and that our decisions can actually impact how uh, the direction and outcomes of our life actually unfold. Sometimes we make great decisions, but in those moments of high stress and pressure, sometimes we make poor decisions. So far, we've looked at two ideas. The first one was at how we can be ready when temptation comes, because it will. The things that will derail us from those good decisions. Last week, we looked at learning to be consistent in ways that honor the Lord. And today is about deciding now to be devoted in all that we do. And I'm not simply talking about being more devoted to your workout schedule or your weekly plan or your hobbies, even though all of those things can be wonderful. No, we're talking about a different kind of devotion. We're talking about the decision each person must make to decide, I am devoted to Jesus in all that I do. Or you could even replace the word do with all that I am. Probably both words. Because being devoted does not happen by accident. You don't suddenly wake up one morning and fall into, whoop, I, I, suddenly I'm faithful. Suddenly I'm just amazingly on doing things perfectly. We don't accidentally fall into increased devotion. If it were that easy, we wouldn't be having to think about this today. Devotion takes learning to be intentional in our decisions that we make, especially those decisions that are seeking to honor the Lord. Now Jesus, in his most famous message, the Sermon on the Mount, actually made this clear in the book of Matthew of what what we must do in order to become devoted to him. He said this in Matthew 6.33, But seek first... Seek what? First. First, his kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. It seems obvious when we look at a single verse like this. But we must seek God first if we want to get close to him. And the closer we are to God, I've talked about this before, the greater his presence in our life and the greater his ability to actually transform our lives. Talk about affecting the direction and outcomes in your life. The closer you are to God. As your devotion grows in this area, that is when God starts to do really incredible things. Giving you wisdom that you didn't have before. Giving you new insights leading you in new ways, and even showing you the particular aims and aspirations that are most beneficial for you so that your will learns to match God's will. What if we decided to say this before tomorrow comes, 
that I will seek first the one who matters most. That's a positive decision that you can make today. And as we've been looking at each week, the response is that with God's help, this can become a reality. I will seek first the one who matters most. Let's take a look at the New Testament book of Acts, just one verse in it, about how followers of Jesus actually began to devote their lives to the one who matters most. Acts 2.42, a very famous verse that shows up a lot, tells us they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. In other words, without using fancy language, they were feeding their minds and their hearts and their bodies and their souls. They chose to be devoted to what made them closer to God and each other. That actually directed everything as they were learning how to follow Jesus. They were seeking first Jesus his kingdom, and his righteousness. They were trying to practice what Jesus had actually said in the flesh to them just a few years earlier. Now that word that shows up in the Bible, devoted, it's an awesome word. It means to persist, to closely associate, to serve personally, a particular favor of mine, to hold fast to or to be continuous in something. See, when you see the word devotion or devoted in the Bible, it's not a one-time thing. It's not a one-off. It's an ongoing commitment. I have a number on the screen. Anyone know the significance of this number? And I need, I need a little help here. I need two, two people to help me for a second. To come on up here. Come on up here and help me. I just need you to hold. It looks like an interstate sign. It is. There is actually an interstate 168. But that's, no, I want you guys to hold either end. And then just spread, spread yourselves out. Anyone know the significance of this number? I'll give you a hint. This, this number is the same. Here, I'll take that. This number is the same for all of us. Now, which one of you has the little, little mark on the very end? Is that you? Okay. This number is the exact same for us. And 168 is the number of inches of this particular line here. And this represents the number of hours that we each have in our week. And do you know how we typically break up these hours on average? Well, here, I'm going to try to do this smoothly. That was not smooth. That's sleeping. Sleep? On average. Now, some of you I know, you got work to do in that area. This second section, what do you think that is? That's work or school. That's two-thirds of your time right there, on average. Now we got a third section right here. It's a smaller section. Eat? 
It's about 17 hours. This is our media, average media consumption in a week. Wow. Now you might be a little bit more, a little bit less. And I'll hold on to this last one. Thank you. Right. You can just put those up here. This, on average, I'll put it right up here so it looks pretty. And you can see it. 39 hours. That's all the other stuff. All the other stuff in life. All the times you have to chauffeur your children around. All of your time running errands and cooking and cleaning and paying bills and pulling weeds and doing yoga and hanging out with friends and binge watching episodes of Bluey or The Mandalorian or Pride and Prejudice. You know all the stuff of life. And yes, I had to watch, we binge watched Bluey episodes with my brother's children in Chicago. What a great show. What a great show. And, hang on a moment, let me, let me double check, I, I seem to have lost my notes. There's usually a little bit more, maybe on one end here. Where, what do we spend with that? Oh yeah, I forgot, we're, that's where we're supposed to you know, follow Jesus. You know, just this, just this little curly bit here. That, that's the... That's the little bit there, you know, the, the burnt end of the barbecue. Now, obviously, a lot of you devote more of your time in different ways. And to state the obvious, investing a small bit of our time into anything pretty much ensures that we're not going to be that good at it. If you want to be in the Olympics, what's the average number of hours they say you need to put in to really get good? It's like 10,000 hours just to have a shot of being good at something. If you take care of your body just a little bit, how's that working out for you? If you spend a little time each week in the same room as your spouse, how's that relational closeness working out for you? If you only study just a little bit, you're probably not going to graduate at the top of your class. You're lucky if you'll graduate at all. How's that working out for you? So if we want to live a life fully devoted to the way of Jesus, what I want us to realize is that it's not going to happen by accident. This is not a guilt exercise. Like, I need to spend more time. It's not going to happen by accident because all of the other stuff of life will always be there and it actually will encroach on our life. Being devoted to Jesus means deciding to be intentional. And you have to decide that you want to get closer to God, not just have good intentions or thoughts and prayers about it. And then you have to decide how you are going to live out that ongoing commitment in daily life. How can we begin to do this in a consistent manner? Let's look at the Bible once again. The book of John, chapter 15, has a famous parable of Jesus. It's where his parables are his famous short stories where he takes a common illustration of the day and he uses it to describe a big idea or an, over, uh, an underlying impact of what 
life with him is all to be about. John chapter 15 is a story that we should get pretty well because we live close to wine country and so we fundamentally know what a vineyard is or we've spent time there, maybe a little bit too much time there at times. We understand or are familiar with what they are, just like his first hearers were. And Jesus said to his people, I am the vine, you are the branches. He said, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Are we sure that we understand our role as Jesus illustrates Everybody say, Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the vine. I am the branch. I am the branch. I just picked up a whole bunch of branches in my backyard. You know what happens to branches that aren't connected to the tree anymore? Well, they're already broken because they were weak. And they break, and I throw them in the bin. And they get picked up on Fridays. When I was a kid, we called that stick patrol because we had a whole lot of trees in our yard. Jesus is saying, when you remain connected to the source, the vine, the Holy Spirit will actually help you produce the fruit in your life. You aren't the fruit. You're the branch. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit. What's the best part of a, of a vine? The fruit. If anything, the the branch is the least important bit, the part that nobody remembers. That's the part that you cut off and put down the garbage disposal. I hope that's not us. The fruit is what's produced through the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will help you produce that fruit in your life. What is that spiritual fruit? I didn't put the words up on the screen, but you can turn to Galatians 5 or write that down. We know that Galatians 5 is the section that talks about fruit of the Spirit, things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and the two last ones which are pretty important, gentleness and self-control. That when those things, maybe not all at the same time, because I know we struggle with some of these more than others. But when those things are consistently showing up in our life, you know what that says? You are connected to the source. Because if you weren't, that wouldn't be happening. If this was the regular outcome of our life and of the decisions that we choose to make, would you think that your life was dull, empty, and meaningless? No. Probably not. Nobody said, I wish I was less kind. I wish I had less patience in my life. Man, I just got too much love. That's just not working out. In the first 10 verses of John chapter 15, the word remain actually shows up 11 times. Remain is another one of those awesome words Do you know what its biblical meaning is? To remain. It's not a trick. To abide. To dwell. To live in. That's an ongoing, continuous thing. 
And it's something that you have to decide that you want. This is not just about a weekly duty to God. i got to do my Bible time. i got to come to church because that's what I'm supposed to do. Even if those things are good things. To state the obvious, we do this because the branch needs the vine to survive. So what does it take to seek Jesus first so that we remain intentionally close to him? I just want to offer three simple words. This is not rocket science here. We're not SpaceX. And can I have your help in the back? See those purple tables back there? Would you just take those two top covers off just so I can see that? It's just a whole bunch of stuff back there that I'll talk about in a second. Three words that I want to offer. Time, place, and plan. We've been talking over the last couple weeks about developing a game plan, doing it a little bit better than the 49ers did a couple of weeks ago. I'm sorry, I know that's still a sore spot for some of you. But a game plan that we actually have practiced and can execute, including how we encounter overtime. Decide in these three areas, a time, a place, and a plan in order to seek God first. It's not something you can merely hope to do. It's not an abstract idea. It's an intentional act on our part to grow in devotion to Jesus. Number one, time. Pick a time, any time. Don't overthink it. If I want to spend time with someone, whether it's my wife or a friend, I'm not going to wait until everything else happens in my life all week long and then hope it happens. I might hope it happens, but I probably won't. So I actually have to do things like schedule time. When are we going to have friends over? When am I going to go on a date? When am I going to do this and that? I even put it on the calendar. I don't like calendars, but you got to do it. You even schedule it in advance when possible. And with that hard ceiling of 168, which is the same ceiling for all of us, 168 hours, you don't get more, you don't get less. Without being intentional, it is way harder to get closer to God and remain in his presence if you don't choose the time. I don't know when your time to be with Jesus is or what it should be, so whatever it is, it should be a way that you are able to seek him first. If that's early, great. If you hate early, then do middle. If middle doesn't work for you, then do late. Who knows um, the actor Mark Wahlberg? He's in, he's in a lot of movies. Pretty, you know, pretty fit guy. He share, he's got a busy family, and he does a lot of things. He shared that he gets up at 2.30 in the morning because it's the only time when his kids aren't uh, breathing down his throat so that he can actually do his exercise because he knows that that's what keeps him sane. He said that's just a choice that he had to develop over time. I'm not saying 2.30 a.m. should be your time, but there's a time for you. And that might mean saying no to something else. Whenever it is, decide when you're going to intentionally seek him first so you can spend time to reconnect with the Lord and grow in devotion. Second, decide on a place. Pick a place, any place, 
It doesn't always have to be the same place. You might have a favorite chair. You might have your favorite table to sit at. You might have your back porch or your patio. If you have small kids, it might even be your bathroom, the only room in your house that has a lock where you can be alone for a few minutes until at least you see the little fingers under the door or scratching the outside of the door saying, where are you? Where are you? I don't know what it is. I know it's hard, especially when you've got small kids. But if you don't have a place, it becomes harder to practice getting and growing closer to God. It might not be so ideal, but if you are a commuter right now, that might be your time where you decide to talk to God instead of your fellow commuters. You know what I mean. Whatever your place is, decide this is the time, this is the place. And maybe when I'm in my car, I can do a better job of blessing and not cursing. Time, place, and third, decide on a plan. Pick a plan, any plan, because if something is important to you, you find a way. If you need an app, use the Bible app. There's lots of cool, actually, things on the Bible app. If you need our daily bread, short daily devotionals, if the bathroom is the place for you, put daily bread in there. You can read it in two minutes. If you need a book, if you need a podcast, if you need to join a life group, whatever it is. The reason our life groups are six weeks is because if I said I want you to commit to 24 weeks, I'd be cleaning my house for nothing. Whatever it is that will help you regularly seek first the one who matters most. And on those back tables, I brought things that have been sitting. I was, I was convicted of this this week. Things that were sitting on one of my bookshelves for years. Some of them just for a year. All things that if you want anything on the table, it's yours. Free. A lot of that stuff I was given free, and I want to give that away too. Some of you like things like that. You like devotional books. You like doing something with a friend, you like digging into a new topic, do it. Grab one, try it out. If you don't like it, bring it back. Try a different one. Without a plan, we end up with the leftovers. Not the yummy kind, the encore to the meal. No, the ones that are hiding in the back of your fridge that you forgot what they were, and you're, you're scared to open them up. The ones that you're, you'll eat only if you're desperate enough. Without a plan, instead of that glorious first sip of coffee, you end up with the dregs of the coffee. You know that last little gritty bit that is burnt and tastes horrible? No, we need to be intentional. Because if we're not, then it either won't happen, or we end up giving God the dregs of our time when we're tired and stressed and worn out and unmotivated what if we did the opposite? That instead of the leftovers, we started to give God the first fruits. Not the stuff at the very end, you know, the fruit that's been sitting on your counter for a week or two weeks or three weeks, but that first fruit that you got day one. God doesn't want to be our leftover. Selected in desperation. But the main course banquet that actually, if we commit to it, will sustain us day in and day out, bringing life and joy. He invites you into his life to be your life.
Not just as a single moment in in time, but as an ongoing decision because of who Jesus is and what he has done for you and me. So we can choose to say, I will seek the one who matters most because I am devoted to Jesus in all that I do and am. A fully devoted life will never happen by accident. You don't stumble into full devotion or accidentally wake up and realize, wow, suddenly I'm fully devoted. No, we want to be devoted in a way where we can actually say, God is my life and my strength and my hope. He's not just a compartment or a fancy cross that I put on on Sunday. The source of all life when he was here on earth said it plainly, remain in me and I will remain in you. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, will you help us? We want to acknowledge that none of this is possible without your help. And if we want to become devoted to you, the one who is the very source of our life, who can actually infuse all of the other parts of our life with more hope and more joy and more fruit of the Spirit, then will you help us to be intentional? If that means I need to say no to something so that I can say yes to you, then will you make it so? Help us, O Lord. God, I thank you for this time and for this group of people. We are overworked. We do feel stressed. We feel life rushing by at times. Will you help us to be able to find that time and place and space with a plan that allows us to get close to you? God, be the encouragement that each of us need this week. I pray a special blessing upon the church that we might be able to be your hands and feet and heart in this world this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now will you receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week, church. Go with God.